pictures are our top story. This clear vandalism. There we see crowds of Congress workers vandalizing the district magistrate of Murshidabad's house. It says office come residence. The reason apparently is because he didn't meet them at a scheduled time. We've also seen his pictures. That's the Union Minister of State for Railways, Adhir Chaudhary, on the jeep, apparently trying to calm them down. But just look at what's happened. And I've joined now by Mr. Adhir Chaudhary on the phone line. Sir, as a minister of the government of India, how can you justify what's happened, the vandalism by your supporters of the district magistrate's house and office? See, I, I have never justified or unjustified anything else. What I am trying to make it understood to you that it was in pursuance of the refusal of the district collector. When the district collector refused to accept the deputation of the Congress worker, they got agitated. But this because, is be because if you, if you allow me to, I mean, if, uh, extend myself, then I am I will be able to, I mean, uh, establish my argument. Otherwise, mm -hmm. I can't. Go ahead. Actually, in in protest to a custodial date in the district Murshidabad, Congress worker, Congress worker, I mean, I mean uh, uh, wanted to uh, uh, submit their deposition to the district collector. And the, uh, one appointment to district collector was sought up and it was confirmed by district collector. And today's deputation was laid by none other than a CLP leader of West Bengal Assembly. However, district collector was refused to accept the uh, deputation on his own. But the residence of the district collector is few far long away from this chamber. Congress worker wanted to uh, 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 wanted that the uh, district collector should receive the deputation as it was agreed by him and according to his convenience yes. that the, uh, the date of appointment was fixed. No, so no. the Congress worker no, who have, Chaudhary, mean, so moved, saying, to the bungalow of the district magistrate. Yes, but Mr. Chaudhary, no, you're making the point that he wasn't there, but you're basically saying that because the district magistrate went back on an appointment to meet your workers and you were at a rally and apparently you said that I am giving the DM 30 minutes to meet us and yes, I will yes, march yes. with my workers. Yes, then my you march there. Yes. As a union minister, should is this behavior becoming? Why did you give the district magistrate uh, I, I, a 30-minute deadline? Why did you march to his house with these supporters? Pardon? Why did you give the district magistrate a 30-minute deadline at the rally to accept the memorandum? Why did you say, otherwise I will march to this house with my supporters? Surely taking a crowd like this of angry supporters to the district magistrate's house is not what a minister of the government of India should be doing. See, when our district leaders, including three MPs, were humiliated by the district collector, then being a district president of Murshidabad District Congress, it is. It was my in, uh, responsibility to move the agitation because otherwise our our party, our political right would have been negated. So that is why I personally, I personally requested district collector to come over your chamber and accept the uh, deputation. He refused to do. Thereafter, I, along with all my colleagues went to the district magistrate bungalow and instructed my leader to submit the deputation. What no, is wrong with it? 
What is wrong with it? No, what is wrong with it, Mr. Chaudhary, is that this seat, you have, you are walking, no, but what is, you are saying political pride, but you are walking, I can see the young boys there with lattes, you are leading a huge crowd of angry supporters to the DM's house, what is this about political pride, surely it's a question also of intimidation of an official of the the DM, the district collector is a representative of the government, as a minister of the government, should you be marching to his house with boys with lattes, isn't this sheer vandalism? If submission of a deputation is interpreted by you as an intimidation, so I, 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 I can't have any what to explain it. I'm not saying submission of a memorandum is intimidation. I am saying what, giving what, him a 30-minute deadline See, and marching. Why did the boys have lattes with them? Why did your supporters have sticks with them? Pardon? Why did your supporters have sticks with them? We are seeing their boys with sticks. Why did they have sticks with them? I can't understand your word. The boys are carrying lattes. Why did they have lattes with them? Nobody was carrying lattes. I can because see. Because simply flags. The visuals are showing boys with lattes. I don't know if they were actually the flags, the sticks on which the flags were. They're breaking property with sticks. See, what you, you, you are talking in such a way that lattes, lattes, what does, does it mean by lattes? Well, they're sticks. Stick. It is simply a stick on which flag was erected. What is this? It, it, it is a common, common feature of any political program. But they're using those sticks to destroy public property. They're using those sticks to destroy property. They're using they're using sticks to destroy property. What action? You're saying you try to stop them. What action will you take against those supporters caught on camera? Are you going to take action against those boys? Don't 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 mis misinterpret anything. Don't misconstrue. No property was damaged. Don't say anything. Sir, I'm seeing here people breaking flower pots. I'm seeing people breaking flower pots, throwing them. They're putting down some kind of gazebo. I'm seeing. We can see the visuals on television, sir. I can replay them for you. What what kind of property was damaged? You think? I'm seeing a car with glasses broken. I presume. I don't know. That's a your jeep. I'm seeing the visuals of some chairs being thrown. I'm seeing some gazebo with a straw hat being pulled down. I'm seeing boys picking up sticks, climbing over walls of the property. I was there sitting, I was standing on a jeep pacifying the common workers. Have you not observed it? I have seen you on the jeep trying to pacify them, but the I question was... Standing on a jeep, standing on a jeep, I was pacifying the workers. Have you not observed it? Mr. Chaudhary, uh, the question I asked you was, by leading this angry crowd of supporters, you are trying to pacify them after this has started. What were you planning to do by leading this angry crowd to the DM's house anyway? It, it, it is my duty to lead the workers. Otherwise, untoward incident would have been taken place. So it is my duty to to lead the workers in a disciplined manner. But some workers got agitated. What can I do? Because it was a fallout of the it was a fallout of the independent attitude. His refusal to accept us to accept the deportation. Do you take Mr. Chaudhary? All right, you are saying you are trying to calm them down. You were trying to ask them to behave in a disciplined manner. Do you then, as the district president, take accountability for what happened? There might might be. If some if some workers got agitated, and if I am blamed for it, then then it, it can be no problem. Do, do you believe what, what happened today was? I, I was there only to I was there only to pacify my workers. I think I I thought it was my responsibility to pacify them to calm down them. That that particular job I have done, and I think I should be appreciated lavishly by the administration. For doing this job, when they enter, enter the DM Bangalore was under lock and key. When they enter DM Bangalore, 
used to encircle by electric steel, then you are talking about damaging the property. Do you believe what happened today was wrong? Will you apologize to the district collector? Do you believe? Do you believe that what happened was wrong? Will you apologize to the district collector for what happened today? I never apologize. I do not. I do not apologize to anybody. I won't apologize to anybody whatsoever. If if anything wrong, police is at liberty to take action against me and my workers. Do you think what your workers did today was wrong or not? No, I do not think anything because there is a there is a, a there is a cause and effect symptom. You you have to take it both into your consideration. Mr. Chaudhary, you don't think as after this incident, even if you are saying it went out of control, you don't think as I, I say again as a minister of the government of India, you don't think that there is an accountability, there is law and order has to be upheld by you. Due to that accountability, I have tried my level best to pacify them. Because I know the responsibility of a union minister, and I, I, I have exactly done this particular job, and I have exactly discharged my particular responsibility by pacifying themselves. Mr. Chaudhary, Derek O'Brien of the Trinamool Congress has uh, tweeted Chaudhary, saying Chaudhary, that Chaudhary, the Congress, which preaches I, I, peace I, 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 in Jaipur, behaves like this in West Bengal. Mr. Chaudhary, thank you very much uh, for joining us tonight. You won't apologize. You won't be held accountable. Let's see how this develops and what the state government does. Thanks very much for joining me. There we see once again the very volatile politics of West Bengal being played out there with those shots of what I can only describe as vandalism at the district collector's residence. Moving now to our top story. Just a few weeks before the budget, bad news for India's growth story. A provisional government estimate shows the GDP for the 2012-2013 fiscal year is estimated to grow at a little over 5%. This is the lowest in a decade, the worst of all growth projections. A wake-up call for the government just before the budget. Also on the show tonight, Jaswan Singh, senior BJP leader, breaks his silence. We'll have, a, have him joining us a little later in the show on what he thinks of the BJP's return to temple politics. But first, tonight's top headlines. Development guru in Delhi, but for the VHP, he's the mascot of Hindutva and should be the party's prime ministerial candidate for the BJP. RSS chief Mohan Bhagwat, more circumspect at the Dharma Sansad at the Mahakum, said the final choice is up to the BJP, but he knows who everyone there wants to see as prime minister. Now the mother of a young girl raped 17 years ago in the notorious Surinelli case writes to Sonia Gandhi asking her to ensure that PJ Kurian stepped down as deputy chairman of the Rajya Sabha. The mother writes asking why the state government is ordering a fresh probe and how can Mr Kurian chair discussions of the new law against sexual crimes. She asks Sonia Gandhi as a mother, understand my plight. PJ Kurian maintains he has been cleared by three panels and the Supreme Court is an, and is not an accused in this case. Two weeks after he made his controversial speech in Nanded in Maharashtra, the state police registered a case against BHP leader Praveen Tugadya's hate speech. This after local cops had said earlier there was nothing wrong and they did not find his speech communal. The BHP, meanwhile, thanks the social media for giving prominence to Praveen Tugadya's views. Why is security given to judges, to those not in power and against whom cases are pending, asks the Supreme Court as it hears a petition against VIP security. The court asked state governments to file affidavits with all details of VIP security in two days or else the Home Secretaries will have to come to court. 
Despite facing serious charges of kidnapping and bribery, Vinod Singh is appointed minister by the Uttar Pradesh Chief Minister Akhilesh Yadav in a cabinet expansion. Akhilesh Yadav says in his defence on why he inducts his minister, I have not seen the inquiry report so far, but whoever is guilty will not be spared. DNK leader and actor Khushbu's house is attacked in Chennai by about 20 men. The police say it was her own party men of the DMK angered by her comments that Stalin, anointed by his father as an ex-party chief, will have to be elected first. The DMK has denied the charges. They say they had nothing to do with it. Our top story, it's a government agency that today dropped the bombshell. India's growth in the financial year ending this March is projected to be just over 5%. That's the lowest in a decade, a decade which has seen growth regularly at 8 and 9%. With just about 20 days to go for the budget, the finance minister said efforts are on to revive investment. Many say last year's reforms push was too little, too late. And now with barely a year to go for the elections, the question is, can the government take hard decisions to kickstart the flagging economy or will it have to look at the political impact of this? Are the days of 9% growth over? The sum is sure to the GDP. Today, the government projected growth would plunge to 5%, the lowest in a decade. Courtesy a slowdown in several sectors, India's agriculture output is expected to grow at 1.8% compared to 3.6% in 2011-2012. Manufacturing growth is also expected to drop to 1.9% in this fiscal year. The services sector, which makes up more than half of India's gross domestic product, is forecast to slow down to 6.6% from 8.2% a year ago. Markets too took a dip today. The finance ministry insists, despite below expectation projection, government will continue efforts to revive the economy. If you look at the data for 2010-2011, until recently they were saying it's 8.4% growth, then they jacked it up to 9.3 in the most recent revision. A bit disappointing, but one had thought that the second half would pick up. Probably as more data come in regarding the second half, it could be revised. But despite the recent push on controversial reforms and assurances today from the government, India Inc.'s growing concern was evident. Fiki President Nenalal Kidwai said, though this was anticipated, the number is astonishingly low. It is important that we firm up steps to give a thrust to the flagging growth. It is too little and it is too late because we lost a lot of momentum in the past two years, three years. But with the budget about 20 days away and a general election next year, can the government turn the economy around? We report NDTV. And joining me tonight is a panel, I would say really, of Heavyweights, real experts in this subject. I'm joined by Dr. Arvind Virmani. Now, of course, he was former chief economic advisor to the prime minister. I'm also joined by Mr. N.K. Singh, Rajya Sabha MP of the Jantadal United, but we all know him, of course, as also ex-revenue secretary. And I'm also joined by Tarun Das, ex-chief minister CII, and, of course, also somebody who's been part of the PM's economic advisory panels. Dr. Virmani, how disappointed are you with these GDP estimates, uh, forecast estimates? We've heard uh, Mr. Rangarajan say he hopes that it will be a bit higher, but it's still bad news. Well, uh, since uh, October of 2012, uh, my forecast uh, for the growth this year has been 5.5%. Mm -hmm. So uh, I had a band of about 0.25, and I still expect that the final numbers 
will be within that band. So in that sense, uh, I am not surprised. Now, uh, what it does do is, again, uh, provide uh, uh, an alert, a flashing red alert to the government mm -hmm. that there is still a, a ways to go uh, before the economy will recover. Uh, even though a start has been made in October to correct some of the things which have been affecting investment, uh, what has been done is, is not enough. More needs to be done. Mr. N.K. Singh, we've heard the finance minister say recently in an interview that the red lines have been drawn, that he's going to make sure that the fiscal deficit is controlled to 5.3% of the GDP. In that sense, how has his job been made more difficult with these disappointing estimates coming just weeks uh, before the budget? Well, I, I think uh, first and foremost, let me say, Sonia, that uh, I'm really appalled at the very poor quality of projections and growth estimates by economists uh, who are in office. I mean, if you recall, Sonia, in the budget which was presented to Parliament, mm -hmm. the expected growth rate this year was 7.6. Yes. It was scaled down a little uh, after some time to 7%, then to 6%, and now you're going to end the year by 5%. Now, a scaling down of the budget estimate from 7.6 to 5%, a 2.6% drop in the estimates. I mean, one is beginning to wonder the quality of economic analysis which goes into budget making. And I think this has some very serious uh, need for rethinking on how proposals and estimates and projections are formulated. Now, regarding how difficult it is going to be for the finance minister, of course, it's going to be difficult because uh, it is perhaps his last regular budget. Mm -hmm. Next year will be a vote and account. Uh, he has the difficulties of managing the populist flavor uh, in terms of electoral politics, but he has a more difficult job of reviving growth in terms of restoring macroeconomic stability, uh, in terms of ensuring that the compression on expenditure is, uh, is really genuine, mm -hmm. uh, at the same time accommodating new forms of expenditure uh, on food security, which I believe uh, is on the anvil. There's also very important credible steps which need to be taken for further reviving of investor sentiment, uh, of major structural reforms, of improving project implementation, of getting stalled legislations off the ground. On the whole, a challenging agenda. This, we are nowhere on the high noon of growth that India has experienced. But I concede the point that is, this may not be uh, the winter of despair because fortunately, some corrective action has begun. I may also add that uh, Delhi, Sonia, looks much worse from Delhi mm -hmm. than Delhi looks from Davos, where I was there about, about 10 days ago, because the rest of the world is doing much worse than what we are doing at 5%. That's an interesting point, but uh, Mr. Das, before I come to you, I just want to get a quick reaction, Dr. Virmani, of what uh, Mr. N.K. Singh began by saying, how is it that the projections can vary so widely? He made a comment on economists, eco economists in office, and of course we have an economist uh, prime minister, and I have questions coming in uh, uh, from viewers asking that, will politics change to keep the India growth story alive? Now, many have focused, uh, when we look at GDP, just as a reflection of indication of governance in a sense. So when we look at these forecasts and why is it that we get the projections so wrong, is it also because governance, so in that sense, has not been keeping up? Uh, yeah, uh, uh, you know, uh, th there's, a, there's a tradition that one doesn't uh, comment on one's successors. So <laughs> in the last uh, three years, uh, you know, I left in 2009, yes. and I don't want to criticize my successors, but what I can say is, 
uh, that when I left, uh, I was very clear that uh, as soon as the economy came back to 8%, uh, we should firstly bring the fiscal uh, deficit down to close to 3%. I had said this privately, I had indicated to various people and so on. Uh, secondly, uh, since 2010 or so, uh, in fact, even in the economic survey of 2008-9, I had warned that the growth rate should not be taken for granted mm -hmm. and uh, it, it's happened in many, many other countries that you get fast growth and you have to maintain it. You have to watch out for problems which arise. And uh, that's all I can say. I mean, so perhaps that was not done. And perhaps that's the reason people just got too optimistic because we had recovered so rapidly from the 2008-9 crisis, which, uh, in which case I was there at that time. So, uh, but I was also very clear about the future. I appreciate the candor there. Mr. Tarandas, if you can come in, because in a sense, did the government take its eye off the ball? I remember, in fact, interviewing Mr. Chidambaram when he was Home Minister and I asked him his proudest moment in the last few years. And he said it was when we managed to control uh, our fiscal deficit and we managed to keep our GDP high when the world around us was collapsing. Did the government take its eye off the ball? Mr. Chidambaram, of course, was moved out. And it, there were a series of political decisions also which may have impacted this. Is that what we're seeing the fallout of today? Sonia, I think the challenges uh, have been multiple, mm -hmm. but definitely I feel the government took uh, their eyes off the ball because having got to beyond 9% growth year after year, I think perhaps there was a sense that you know we need to focus more on social development issues, social reform and the social agenda, and the economic impetus was perhaps you know left to kind of drift along. But I think that's changed now. Because new initiatives have been taken, $25 billion of uh, foreign investment flows have come into the country in the last six months. I think 2013 will be better than 2012. 5% bad news, uh, rock bottom situation, but I think we will turn around and we'll see a budget. And I don't speak for the government, but I, I think we will see a budget which will give an impact to the economy, will bring momentum back. The real economy can be pushed ahead with basically getting construction going, whether it's infrastructure projects, whether it's manufacturing projects. And a large part of the answer, Sonia, is actually in the public sector, in, in public sector companies which have cash to invest in uh, public sector projects, in the railway uh, uh, programs, in the DMIC, Delhi-Mumbai Industrial Corridor, so the National Highway Authority. It is there that we can find a large part of the answer in getting back recovery, in getting back higher growth. And I think you will see this happening. I, I think they may have been late starting, but I think we have the best team in the world in the finance ministry today. And I think India will see a higher growth rate as we go forward. Mr. N.K. Singh, uh, do you agree uh, with that optimism? Because if you just look at the breakup really also of uh, the GDP and why the figures are so starkly different, we see the big drop really in manufacturing. Now that's worrying and in services. So it's two key areas in a sense to watch out for and with elections just a year away, we've seen every state virtually and this includes uh, Bihar who will come into the centre asking for special status. Most states also and the centre are going for welfare populist measures and we've seen People like even Professor Martesen has said, look, we have to redefine GDP also to include a standard of living, of uh, health care, of services. And for those who need uh, the big social sector bills like food security, which uh, so far the UPA seems committed to. 
Well, Sonia, I tend to agree with uh, Arvind that uh, the slowdown has not happened suddenly. Uh, there was a perceptible deterioration in the fiscal deficit. Current account deficit had begun to deteriorate very sharply. We are currently encountering unacceptable high levels of fiscal deficit, unacceptably high levels of current account deficit. This has not happened very suddenly. I therefore don't see any quick fix or any rabbit which the finance minister can suddenly pull out of his hat. It will be a long haul. It will be necessary to stay the course for quite some time to make both these macro, important macroeconomic corrections. In addition to that, of course, the stalled structural reforms. Because let's face it, the world is not going to be very helpful. The U.S. recovery is, remains very fragile. The Eurozone situation continues to be troublesome, which in, uh, determines the access to capital, cost of capital, mm -hmm. in terms of the, our ability to really uh, get exports to that new destination. The Japanese economy is slowed down very considerably. So in a world which is not necessarily very favorable, unless difficult decisions are taken, and I remain cautiously optimistic that the government, which has begun a bit of course correction, will begin to continue on the efforts which it has made, but it is going to be a long haul. And as I said, there are no magic bullets by which we can return back to very high rates of growth. It will be a slow crawl and not a quick turnaround. But Mr. Uh, Mr. Singh, let me just ask you perhaps uh, the uh, political, to put on your hat as a politician in a sense, yet we've seen that political consensus on key econo economic reforms, this is something which the Prime Minister has been appealing for since his last uh, speech at Red Fort, where he said this should be treated like a matter of national security. Yet on key reforms, the UPA touted like FDI and multi-brand retail, the NDA, of which uh, the JDU is a part, has taken a very different view. In that sense, there seems no urgency amongst the politicians of India to realize what the impact of uh, falling GDP is? Well, let me also say, on, on the other hand, that there are even on areas where there was an agreement between the NDA and the UPA, the reform measures were not put through. I mean, Sonia, I'm sure you'll recall that the pension reforms bill, which was something that the NDA had earlier proposed, mm -hmm. and this was something to which the NDA was agreeable now, and it was the UPA which backed out from introducing the, the pension bill after being assured that it would have a smooth passage in both houses of parliament. So there are lots of issues on but which the UPA has Every time there's a petrol price hike or a diesel deregulation movement, we've seen that all political parties will take the populist view and, say, and protest against it, though they may have done very differently if they were in power. This is because, you see, Sonia, all these hikes have come on the backdrop of very high rates of inflation, far more than acceptable thresholds of inflation which this country has encountered. Recall the inflation rates, really. I mean, even the RBI has not fully been assured that it has anchored inflationary expectations. Inflation has been exceedingly high in the last four years. So these hikes, which have really generated this kind of, of, of protest by political parties, comes in the backdrop of very high inflationary trends which the country encountered. But let me, however, add that I think that the de uh, deregulation of the administered price regime of petroleum and oil products is a necessity which no government, whether in office or in opposition, can hope to avoid. Gov uh, the political parties which are in op 
opposition right now, when they hope to get back to power, will have to do exactly some of these things which the government has now begun to do. And therefore, I would really encourage them yes. to proceed in this direction to achieve macroeconomic stability and to persevere with the kinds of structural reforms which are unavoidable. Dr. Virmani, is the real issue, and uh, you must have seen that in your days as Chief Economic Advisor, is the real issue that it's hard to sell reforms like this in a, in a country where there's always an election around the corner. It's very hard to sell a reform like this. It's very hard for any government to bite the bullet. Do you feel it's going to be much, much harder with key elections, not just the general elections, but with key assembly elections coming up uh, month, uh, literally every month in, the next, uh, in, in these uh, months? Will the government say, look, let me pass this headache on to the next government? Because frankly, you can't anyway fix this in, a, in emergency measures. This has to be a structural fix. Yeah, okay, there, there are two or three uh, elements, uh, there are two or three elements of what you said, mm -hmm. and uh, I've lost the order, so I'll just uh, tell them as I, it comes into my sure. mind. Firstly, it's absolutely essential to get the economy back on track to get the FISC right, uh, as Mr. N.K. Singh has very correctly pointed out. You have to reduce expenditures back to the level respect to GDP that they were back in 2007 mm -hmm. when we did get 3% uh, rate. And I expect that the, the finance minister, I think, is very, very aware of this, and I think he will do whatever he can to achieve it. That's one. Secondly, as far as the politics of price rises is concerned, long ago uh, I suggested that we allow, uh, I, if I remember correctly, I had said 10 passe per uh, two weeks or five passe per week mm -hmm. to uh, allow prices of uh, these sensitive items to rise. You know, if it had been, that recommendation had been followed, you would never have this kind of, uh, the problem arises because when you do a two, three do, uh, rupee uh, increase in any item, mm -hmm. even people uh, like my uh, brother get affected. You know, mm -hmm. they are middle class, they are not poor and they resent it very strongly. So it's the whole structure. You have to change the way you do these things. That's the second one. And thirdly, I think there is now a recognition, a much greater recognition than there was a year ago among both the UPA and the opposition parties that they have to do something about growth. Otherwise, you're going to be in bad trouble politically and otherwise. So that is what makes me hopeful that given that this recognition is there, something will be done. So in that sense, uh, to answer a question you didn't ask me, I'm optimistic, but I agree again with Mr. N.K. Singh that in my view, it's going to take at least six months before we uh, see results. Tarun, uh, uh, I asked this question earlier also uh, to Dr. Birman, this whole issue question of governance. And we saw uh, Mr. Narendra Modi's uh, speech yesterday at SRCC where he really touted good governance. And he made that reference also to saying that 50% of India's GDP, referring to the corporates who were at his vibrant Gujarat summit, governance, economy, now seems to be the mantra for campaign 2014 as well. Many have said that this has been an issue of poor governance. Uh, we have uh, Bhaskar writing into us asking, is it the talk of midterm national polls affecting the economy? How do we expect the economy to be robust if there seems to be political instability or a perception of poor governance? Is, are the two interlinked? No, I think, Sonia, what we are seeing now um, is a very serious focus on turning the economy around. And we see that in different initiatives, whether it's diesel prices, whether it's LPG and others. I hope they will address the fertilizer subsidy issue, bring in this approach of, you know, quantitative uh, links with the yes. subsidy so that uh, 
they can save uh, on expenditure there. Uh, I hope that they will uh, take the uh, disinvestment process even further. They are, we can see that they are being aggressive. We need them to be more aggressive. So I'm seeing a series of initiatives which all come under governance. I mean, that is the overall heading under which all these things are being done. What we now need to see is projects happening, construction happening on the ground. And I think the Cabinet Committee of Investment will need to go beyond mm -hmm. just clearing projects to making sure that implementation happens and happens rapidly. That's why I'm seeing a more optimism in the air. Even NK is saying that he is cautiously optimistic. Yes. Uh, my sense is that uh, this optimism, yes. which I share with NK, mm -hmm. will continue. And we will be able to see a better 2013 than a, a very bad 2012 and a better 2014. I yes. don't think the... I don't think the government will take its eye off the economic ball right. once again. Right. Well, let's see, as I said, op optimism at a time when many are very pessimistic. But uh, wonderful, as I said, to have all three of you on the show tonight with your, your different perspectives and many points of agreement. Let's see what the budget has in store for us. Uh, Dr. Virmani, Mr. N.K. Singh, Mr. Tarandas, thank you very much for joining me tonight. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Well, Thank moving you. to other story, and we are back to politics. And in a sense, uh, the countdown to 2014, and everybody's focusing on one thing, prime ministerial candidates. Today, the blessings of the VHP and the RSS were more circumspect, in a sense, for Narendra Modi. The VHP ha on stage said that Narendra Modi is the mascot of Hindutva, and he would be a good candidate. The RSS says it's up to the BJP to decide. But RSS chief Mohan Bhagwat, who was at the Dharm Sansad at Allahabad, said that he knows who everyone wants here. The saints at the BHP's Dharm Sansad erupted, but the BJP has been left holding an explosive situation. One faction in the Sangh wanted Modi to be anointed by saints at the Kumbh. That faction celebrates. Despite this quick clarification from the VHP and the RSS. Factions in the Sun and the BJP were trying to avoid a public endorsement of Modi or any other leader. Some don't want him, some are claimants for the Prime Minister's post, while others are worried that this will split the NDA. The Sun has left the BJP without many options. It can't go against the Sun or the Saints. Also, the Sangh is telling the BJP, adopts strident Hindutva, even if it drives away the NDA allies. This will multiply the fault lines in the Sangh Pariwar. Those opposed to RSS control over the BJP are going to resist. The numerous prime ministerial aspirants in the BJP are going to trigger a new fractional war. Even Narendra Modi can't celebrate. Now he has to decide what he wants to be the mascot of good governance or the mascot of Hindutva.
with Sajin Gupta at Kumbh, Rahul Shivastav for NDTV. Thanks, Rahul. And that question there for the BGP also. Well, now for our exclusive at 9 o'clock, a man who's broken his silence. He's been silent through all the recent turbulence in the BGP. I spoke earlier to senior leader Jaswan Singh of the BGP. Thank you very much for joining me, Mr. Singh. We've seen what seems to be two contradictory faces of the BGP. Mr. Narendra Modi at SRCC pitching himself as the mascot of development. Mr. Rajnath Singh, the BGP president at the VHP Dharam Sansad endorsing this commitment, the BGP's commitment to the Ram Temple at Ayodhya. Let me quote to you, sir, what you said in 2009 when you said the BGP needs to decide the ideological confusion. You had said that the party needs to be a party of the present and develop more clarity on what it defines as Hindutva. Do you stand by those views? You said the BGP can't be a party of the past. I don't think so, frankly. What I said in uh, two, uh, 2009, I, I continue to not only stand by it, but I continue to hold that thought. The BJP has to reflect the future. It must think about the future. And it cannot continue to hark back on yesterday's programs. But when you say that, sir, when we see Rajnath Singh at the VHP Dharam Sansad saying, I need your blessings for the Ram Temple to be built at Ayodhya, doesn't that define BGP as the party of the past? Doesn't it hark back uh, to what you said as policies of the past? And what, when you said more clarity is needed on what Hindutva actually is, what, did, what do you mean by that? Do you think the BGP is any closer now, uh, three years later, to f actually figuring that out? Yes, indeed. Uh, but if you go into... An a philosophical analysis of what Hindutva is, then uh, I would need to write a chapter about it. So yes. let's uh, leave that for a moment. Mm -hmm. But as far as uh, Rajnath Sindhi uh, putting forward the Ayodhya program mm -hmm. as a priority of the BJP in 2014, I doubt that he has done it. Besides, we are NDA, and ever since we uh, became an alliance as an NDA, mm -hmm. I don't think Ayodhya is a part of the BJP's electoral platform. But in that sense, sir, when you say electoral platform, we heard the VHP uh, yesterday make it very clear that this has to be an election issue, that it's no longer uh, an issue to be dealt with by the courts. And the BJP had actually abandoned its focus on Ayodhya a few elections ago. Do you think it must actually stay that way? No, I don't. I, uh, no, so I have voiced it earlier. I voiced it even uh, during the Ayodhya movement. I don't think the BJP should, uh, should adopt this at the moment. If it has sufficient numbers in Parliament, then of course it can do. Ayodhya is something that the, that the two communities who are involved should uh, sit together and resolve, or the court has to resolve. No. There's no third way, and I don't think the BJP ought to make it uh, a political platform for contesting an election. But, uh, sir, you're saying that you don't see the BJP making this a political platform, but then aren't you disconcerted when you see the BJP president endorsing and asking for the blessings of uh, VHP sons, as he put it, for the temple, who have said that it should be a political priority. That's what the VHP said, and Mr. Rajnath Singh uh, was there asking for their blessings for the BJP to do this. No, I'm not disconcerted, because uh, Ashokji Singhal 
as a former head of the Vishwa Hindu Parishad, I can hardly be expected to say anything else. No, but Mr. Rajnath... viewpoint... Yes, but, Mr. but doesn't Sir Mr. Rajnath Singh, by endorsing it with what he said, he said... I don't think... I, I, no, you can't... Uh, endorsement through presence would be stretching it a bit. Mm-hmm. He, after all, knows Ashok Jisengal very well. And why should he not be there if he's present there? Uh, they are congregating uh, on the occasion of Mahakumbh. It's not a sin for him to go there, but it's not an endorsement either. Let me, when Rajnath Singh uh, Ji tells uh, VHP sons, I need your blessings to, uh, for our com- uh, to build the Ram Temple. This is our commitment. We stand by it. Uh, the Shiv Sena said that, well, we hope the BGP doesn't go back this time. You don't see that as a political endorsement at all. No, it's a personal endorsement. Political endorsement comes when BJP and its election manifesto Mm -hmm. would put it and as part of the NDA to contest the elections. That's how I look at it. You mentioned the NDA and the Jantadal United has said that sadhus and sons can't decide the prime ministerial candidate. Now, we've already seen the endorsement. Uh, the VHP's Ashok Singhal said that uh, the demand for Mr. Modi to be Prime Minister is similar to that uh, when, uh, 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 when Jawaharlal Nehru came to be Prime Minister. You've earlier expressed concern over the relationship uh, the, the BGP has had with the VHP and RSS. Do you think that is more key now, given that we've seen the VHP especially adopting a much more strident stand over what it wants the BGP's Hindutva line to be? No, I think personally, I can only express personal views, and I cannot be dishonest to my beliefs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vishwa Hindu Parishad is fully entitled to hold his views on faith, <coughs> on aspects of religion. Uh, though Hindu, I believe that uh, Sanatan thought is really much more than a religion, but that's my viewpoint. And it can hold views about political politics of the country or political personalities too. That's their right. It's a fundamental right. As to whether the BJP ought to follow or adhere or accept everything that the Vishwandu Parishad says, mm-hmm. that needs to be treated with a great deal of caution and restraint. That's important words there, caution and restraint. Yet, we speak... Some would say that has perhaps been thrown to the winds, a clear indication of uh, with the VHP, RSS, much more strident stand, Mr. Rajnath Singh's endorsement of that. Do you see in this election the BGP going back to a more hardline Hindutva line? You'd caution against this in 2009 after the loss, but do you see that happening this time? I don't think so, because BJP continues to have valuable allies in the NDA. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, to have an NDA is an integrative approach. It's a question of bringing together a diverse elements of Indian society and polit- polity. And those diverse society, you have to find an HCF, the highest common factor mm-hmm. of, uh, of equal and uh, uh, commitment, uh, equal commitment and thought. So, you, so you're saying the NDA allies will serve as a break in a sense. You mentioned HCF. But the fact that many BGP leaders have proposed Narendra Modi as a BGP prime ministerial candidate, the JDU has made it clear this is not acceptable, isn't that in a sense opposite of what you are saying? No, I think it would be decidedly unwise of me uh, 
to to try and answer this rather uh, leading and provocative question for various reasons. I don't, primarily because the president of the party and uh, quite appropriately has cautioned members of the party to, to stay away from this. And I think it's, uh, it's, it's entirely right because it's premature. Besides, he spelt out that uh, these are not individual judgments. It's a collective viewpoint that the parliamentary board of the Bhartiya Janta Party shall decide at the appropriate moment. Why do we wish to uh, attempt to cross bridges that have not even come? Well, the the reason for that, at least what Yashwant Sinha, uh, your colleague, had said, is that because elections in India are increasingly becoming more presidential in a sense that the party needs a face. That at least was his uh, public reason for proposing Narendra Modi as a prime ministerial candidate. Do you think, do you agree with him? Do you feel that elections in India, you now need a face uh, to contest uh, the prime minister, uh, to contest general elections, you need a face to lead the campaign? I don't think so. Personally, I don't think India's electoral politics are to go down the route of what you term as presidential elections. Mm -hmm. We are uh, a parliamentary democracy, and if somehow you convert it to, to presidential, all kinds of perversions uh, would step in. Let us remain with the constitutional provisions. Let us remain with the a parliamentary democracy and its demands. Mm -hmm. That's my viewpoint. Mr. Singh, as we speak today, many of your viewpoints seem almost isolated in the BGP of today. You belong to a BGP, some would say, of Atal Bihari Vajpayee's time. Would you find yourself an outsider in the BGP today if it was headed by, say, Mr. Narendra Modi or if it adopted a more hardline Hindutva line? Now, I won't answer the question as you have posed it. Because that would again be unwise uh, and would not be adhering to the cautionary that the party president has given. Mm -hmm. But let me share with you that political parties are not tailor-made shirts. Yes. I am wearing a shirt which your staff here just now started correcting. They say, too many folds and you are looking untidy. I am what I am. But if the shirt does not fit you, even after the tailor has tailored it, that's something, uh, political parties are not tailor-made shirts. Mm -hmm. You find an equation, a platform, uh, in the sense, which is where you max, where your subscription, your own inner beliefs, and the beliefs of the political party adhere or come together. Mm -hmm. Will you find a total, uh, total platform? Never. Who finds the total platform? Life is not like that. And certainly not politics. And certainly not politics of today. Certainly not politics of today. So in a sense, an indication perhaps of the adjustments you may have to make. But tell me, as perhaps a politician of another time, another generation in a sense, what would your advice be to the BGP president today, also when the Central Parliamentary Board meets to decide on its uh, prime ministerial candidate? Well, I don't, I don't... Uh, it would be arrogant of me to advise anybody, frankly. That is one of the, one of the number of experiences that I've collected over life and in politics. I don't advise. But I certainly mm, 
And I wish uh, the new president, Rajnath Singh Ji, great success. And as I told him when I spoke to him, that in his success is the success of the party, and in the party's success is the good of the country. What should the BJP do? The BJP has to be an integrative, accommodative, forward-looking party of tomorrow. Mm -hmm. It cannot be a party of yesterday. A party of tomorrow, not a party of yesterday. Key, I think, when Ayodhya is back on the political agenda, at least it seems for the BJP. Finally, sir, those who have seen your politics over the years, remember that after the events of 2002 in Gujarat, you had expressed your personal discomfort as well what happened that time and on Mr. Modi's watch. Has that been forgotten by you? Have you changed your views of what happened in Gujarat at that time? No, no, I, I cannot forget my life. Yes. But don't let us stay away from that, please, will you? Right. I, I but don't, you, I stay, you, stay by your, you stand by your viewpoints. viewpoints. I, how can I give up my viewpoints? Mr. Singh, thank you so much for joining me this evening. Honest and frank as ever, and I think words of caution to the party you have belonged to your entire political life. Thanks so much for joining me.